Hello and welcome to the Flavor Podcast. I am Grazia Giuliani and today's episodes, the Montessori Method, Education, Life Experience, Communion with Mother Nature, is shared with me with my guest, Leonor Stiepic, Montessori Group CEO, social entrepreneur and foodie. Leonor, I am so privileged to have you as a guest today with me at Flavoured. Thank you. It's a pleasure. I'm delighted to be here. So I think we can start um, our podcast just by giving a brief introduction to what the Montessori method is. Uh, Many people are already aware, many people have embraced these um, educational uh, methods, but then there's also a little bit of mystery still around it. So I would really appreciate if you could give us um, a brief introduction to the Montessori method. Of course. Um, So Montessori is, is an approach and it's not a curriculum. Uh, So that means it can be integrated into any educational system in the world. Um, What Montessori does is it recognises that even a very young child is an autonomous being with capabilities that they're born with. And in the Montessori approach, adults are seen as guides to support the child's skill development with patience and also by preparing the environment so that there is space and time for learning and to role model behaviours. We talk about and we believe in freedom within a framework and the framework is there to actually provide security for the child and and give it a safe space really. Uh, And the importance of um, Montessori is not only in its teaching of the sort of what we would call traditional skills such as numeracy and literacy, but also what I describe as those essential life skills that allow children to really realise their potential as adults. Absolutely, because obviously the evolution, it really touches every aspect of the human mm. being. And, you know, as, as we said before, because um, there is a partial awareness and partial like not awareness of what the Montessori method is, um, that there is a time, the perception that Montessori is a kind of elite um, education whilst you and I both know very well that it is not the case. And, and also that um, it is an international, uh, international, first of all, because it can really be apply, applied all over the systems in, uh, in the world, as you said previously, but also the fact that um, the very nature of the method that can be lived and can be applied to everyday experience outside of the establishment of the school. So would you like to, to comment on, on this? Yes, um, well, an example is what we call activities of everyday living that can be done anywhere. We do them in, in Montessori schools, but they can be done anywhere. And those activities expose children to practical skills um, as a natural part of their environment. So, for example, dressing themselves, hand washing, shoe polishing, etc. Uh, another example, instead of um, the adult distributing snacks to a group of seated children, uh, in Montessori, all the snack items are on the low table and the children serve themselves when they are hungry and they take their snack onto a plate um, and to a small table where two or three children at a time can sit together if they choose. And we, we all recognise that's a very important social skill to learn for the future as adults, you know, sitting down and eating together. 
and afterwards the children have to wash up their plates and cutlery and put them away. So, as I said, we do this in schools, but this can be done within families. You know, families can support children in the home by getting them to help prepare food or set the table. And the importance of that is that it gives children the opportunity to um, develop self-esteem, self-reliance, and they get a lot of joy in being able to complete a task alone. And um, they also sort of gain skills in problem solving and critical thinking. Of course, because fostering independence and try to find their own way, but then at the same time being guided um, by the, the, the adult um, you know, experience at the same time. So that gives a lot of safety, gives a lot of security to, to the child himself. So Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, um, this leads me actually to the next question, which everything is done with much kindness, with much respect. Um, there are the principles of grace and courtesy, which are some of the, 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 the let's say, the pillars of um, Montessori method. So do everything with grace, do everything with courtesy, kindness and respect. And this encompasses nature, the flora, animals and human beings. So how do these principles evolve from theory into practice? So if you could just give us a couple of examples or, you know, just, just the, the basically the basic kind interactions between flora, animals and humans. Sure. So, for example, um, what we do in Montessori is um, the adults will explain about good manners um, and how to handle conflicts and how to model those healthy social and emotional interactions. And we do this by giving lessons on things like how to greet a friend, how to ask for what we want, how to decline an invitation, how to close a door courteously. Um, we use positive language to describe that desired behavior, such as we can sit on a chair rather than don't stand on a chair. Um, when a conflict ari- arises, and you know, this does happen, um, the adults help the children to navigate their feelings. Um, for example, we sometimes use something called a peace table for conflict resolution. That means that we you know, sit the children down and we help them respond. Um, why do they feel they've been wronged? We talk about their feelings with the other child and we find a resolution that satisfies them both. Um, I think something that you know, even adults could learn how to do, I think, at times. I was actually um, thinking about that yeah. when you were talking. I was saying, goodness, we do need so many peace tables to, for, for conflict resolutions we, around the world. Yes, yes. Um, the, so when we sort of talk about nature, we talk about sort of um, an indoor, in Montefiore we talk about an indoor and outdoor classroom. And so children are encouraged to grow plants. And many are plants that actually you can eat, like fruit and vegetables. And many of the schools have pets. Um, and this encourages children to understand about, you know, what is their interaction with other living creatures. Um, it teaches the children, and we teach the children as well um, in, within the setting, about the world around us, so that they, they are aware they're part of a bigger world. Um, that immersion in nature is, is really important. It allows children to use all their senses, and, and we believe that that's how it, we encourage learning and curiosity. Maria Montessori had, a, I think, a fabulous quote, which when I read it, I thought, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do this as well. Um, she said, let the children be free, encourage them. Let them run outside when it is raining. Let them remove their shoes when they find a puddle of water. And when the grass of the meadows is wet with dew, 
Let them run on it and trample it with their bare feet. Let them rest peacefully when a tree invites them to sleep beneath its shade. Let them shout and laugh when the sun wakes them in the morning. And here you have an example of nature and the joy of nature, but also using all the senses to really understand, you know, how important nature is in a very tangible way. Absolutely, because it's all in communion, it's all together. I mean, we, we, we are, I think, in, in a way, probably, we, we are slowly um, reconnecting or a slice of the world is slowly reconnecting and recognising that without these communion, without these connection, uh, we are totally disconnected, not only by nature, but then we become disconnected from ourselves as well. Mm, and we do. Yeah because obviously the, the, the relationship with Mother Nature is very important within the Montessori method. And Mother Nature is seen as a source of nourishment with all the abundance of produce, the generosity of produce really that, that we have. And then this generosity and this abundance of produce is actually turned into food cooked in many different ways but one of the most important thing is to underline that is actually cooked with care and then it's going to be enjoyed within the experience of a meal so how does Montessori embrace this evolution from produce to cooking to actually enjoying the meal together well I mean I agree with you learning how to prepare one's own food is actually a critical life skill um, and it's always been a part of Montessori learning so, for example, um, as I said before, toddlers learn to sit together and, and gracefully serve and enjoy their food. Um, by the age of three, children are preparing their own snacks. Um, and I sometimes hear non-monstory families say, really? I mean, you, you let them do this? And, but children love it. I mean, of course, it's, you know, it has to be age appropriate and you have to be aware of the environment. But nothing to stop, you know, children cutting up, you know, under looking at you know, I want a piece of apple, how do I cut an apple, you know, picking up, you know, things from the ground like peas and stuff like that. Um, in the classrooms um, where there are older children, children are often also involved in, in planning and making snacks or meals and even with budgeting and food purchasing or ordering. And, and as I said before, in, in Montessori schools, children are encouraged to grow fruit and vegetables that they see. That actually creates that link of where does the food come from? What effort does it take to create that food, for that food to develop, and, and the food that we actually eat? So it gives that respect for the world around us and, and, and the power and sometimes the vulnerability of nature, because not everything grows. Absolutely. I mean, it is the awareness that not everything comes into a plastic packet and yeah. the awareness that, you know, there are times of abundance, but there are also times of scarcity. And therefore, we have to respectfully use and um, enjoy, you know, what, what nature gives us. So, and where we, we are, um, we are turning into um, probably one of our favourite subjects, food, because you are a foodie. Yes. And um, how do you see the importance of the family in the guidance of a child to become an educated palate in his and her adulthood because obviously it is a gradual evolution and progress well I think it's hugely important 
Um, and in Montessori, we, we believe that children's learning comes not only from, from school, but also from the family. And, and children learn to follow their parents' example and love to get involved. So if the family is enthusiastic about choosing food and trying new things, the child will be as well. And I think giving the child an opportunity to take part in food preparation and choosing food will encourage this kind of lifelong interest in food. I mean, I come from a Spanish family and sitting down as a family to eat the same thing together is seen as the norm. So for me, it was always strange that we'd have friends um, who, you know, in England, where, where I was brought up, born and brought up, is that we'd have friends whose parents made them eat different food to the food that the adults were eating. That, that never happened in, in our home. Um, Going food shopping was fun, and I think it can be fun because we were encouraged to get involved in our questions. I think that families can do that with their children, give children the opportunity to use all their senses in preparing food. So, for example, you know, what does the food ask? What does the food smell like raw during cooking or when cooked? You know, do the vegetables change colour when they're cooked? Um, what does the vegetable feel like in its raw state? You know, what are the sounds that you hear when things are being cooked? And then all these sort of sensory opportunities encourage interest and, and learning in food. So I think it's, it's a massively important role that families can take. And could that be seen also as a bonding experience? I mean, obviously, we oh, have a yes. frantic, crazy city life. Um, well, now everything has changed in terms of pace, in terms of standards, yes. in terms of all the linearity of the system that we had has just all gone well, I don't even know where it's gone, to be honest. But, but then, yeah. do you think the bond and the time requirement that you have um, and you need in order to involve the children, is it something that can be actually taken out as a caring moment? Absolutely. I mean, it's an investment in your in your child's future, really. So, you know, it's not, it's not I, I don't see it as, as time spent. I see it as an investment. And you're right, it creates these bonds and it creates also intergenerational bonds sometimes because, you know, I, I you know, I'm again, coming from a Spanish family, seeing the older members of my family cooking, you know, my, my grandparents' generation and my great aunts um, was, was fascinating. And, and I learned a lot or just going to the market with them. I mean, I learned a huge amount. Um, and, and, but it also created that bond between we had a we had a common purpose at that moment in time we were doing an activity together that brought someone who you know i i was a child of what five or six and someone who was probably 50 or 60 years older than me um with whom normally i would have nothing in common apart from you know dna we had a common purpose we were doing an activity together and and i think those, those are not only create bonds but i think they create really important memories um, and I think that now, you know, being at an age where sadly I've lost, or, you know, not just my grandparents' generation, but my parents' generation, I remember those times. I remember those times of us, you know, um, sitting together around a table and eating. I remember the times that we spent cooking stuff, or even if it was in the garden, you know, sort of a barbecue in the garden. I mean, it doesn't have to be that complicated, really. It, it can be quite simple, or a picnic. You know, just sandwiches. It doesn't have to be anything that's, you know, horribly expensive or complicated, but it, it will create those memories that, you know, as adults we will look back on and, and will form a part of our memory of that person when they're no, long, they're no longer there. 
Absolutely. And I think also you, you really made a good point on the importance of intergenerational relationships, which sadly, um, they've actually become in um, rarer and rarer. There is more, um, you know, sectioning away. This is the generation, that generation, that generation. It's, you know, oh, they are just teenagers, leave them alone. Well, no, obviously you have to give them space because we've all been teenagers, we've all been stroppy, we've all lived that stage of our life. But then again, is, is the important or importance, sorry, of the intergenerational relationship that forms um, a person as, as a whole person? Uh, it, not to, as a whole person, but also as a whole society. We cannot share commonality with people of different generations. How can we hope to share you know, commonality with people of different cultures or different races or different genders? You know, if we don't understand the, you know, and celebrate that difference through activities. And, and this is a very simple way of doing it. Very simple, you know, cooking together is something that brings people together of eight, different ages, different races, different backgrounds. And it's a really powerful way of bonding as a society. Um, and I think that, you know, and, and, and it's, it's not just the eating together, sometimes it's that food preparation, it's that, that it kind of reminds us, it's, it's, a very, it's a primal need to eat, you know, we all have to eat to survive, it's not something Absolutely. that, uh, you know, is, is something weird and wonderful, it's something we all have to do every day, so, you know, there's plenty of opportunity to do that without necessarily sort of making it, oh, I've got to do this, and, and there's a joy as well, it's an incredibly you know sort of i find it i find it very calming you know to cook i i you know my husband makes bread and he it's a great stress buster for him you know that's why he started doing it um and you know we have the lovely byproducts of you know home cooked bread that actually he learned how to do by watching his mother do um of course so you know that that sort of and so there's not just lovely bread but there's also that link that hit that kind of generational link you know his, his mother's no longer here but there's that link to the past that link to the to when he was a child which is something that that's really precious i think and and you know that comes through food i think that, that there's an immense power to this in terms of, of unifying us as, as, as human beings that we if we lose we're really going to miss i think Yes, and hopefully, um, you know, there, there, there seemed to be more of an awareness and, uh, and a you know, slow return to, um, well, these values in a way, because they're also part of, uh, part of growing up, part of evolving from child to, to adult. And as you rightly pointed out, I really, really actually liked your point on the fact that if you actually do not understand the intergenerational um, relationship within a small um, reality, which is the family reality, how can you possibly expand and accept and understand and be curious as well about the um, diversity that is out there in the world? So, um, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I really, I really, I really enjoyed listening to you and just making that point. No, well, I think I think it's something that you know. I feel I, I don't think I'm alone. You're right. I think there's a lot of people that understand this, and it's a real shame if we we lose that because 
also just yeah, I think people get quite hung up about food and cooking and children. It's almost like no, that's going to be too difficult. There is nothing difficult about cooking, really. You know, not not every meal has to be, you know, something you'd eat in a Michelin-style restaurant. You know, meals can be quite. And of I think, course. you know, and and that I think is again. You know, I, I feel very blessed because you know, coming from the background that I, I come from, it's just about simple ingredients. You know, a few potatoes, a few green beans, a bit of olive oil. That for me, that was actually my favourite meal growing up. Boiled potatoes, yes. boiled green beans, and olive oil—three ingredients. Absolutely, you know. that's what we call in Italian the insalata di fagiolini e patate. Oh, there we are. So <laughs> and 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 it that really was my is. favorite favorite meal. It still is, and even now, even now, when I cook, cook, if just just the smell of olive oil just takes me back to being in the kitchen with my aunt and my grandmother. Of course. Of course, is the memory. It's the memory. Is, um, well, yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, that's what we leave behind, you know, from this life to another. Um, that that's the memories that we leave behind. So that is absolutely fantastic. I have enjoyed so much having you and just talking, really spreading. And as we said, uh, we're not only talking about education here. We're actually talking about, um, I don't know, may I say... A way of life. Yes, uh, could absolutely. there be applied? Yeah, absolutely, definitely a way of life. Definitely a way of life. Because you know that there is no distinction between the learning at school within the establishment of a school, school building, or just the establishment of the school as such in terms of educational tool, but it is the extension of the Montessori method that you can really live it every day with no boundaries. And you can live it as an adult and as a child. It isn't something exactly. that stops I think... just because you leave school. Yeah, no. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, as the uh, Montessori Group CEO, may I just ask to put into your uh, uh, program a kind of refresher for adults, because I think we will really enjoy that, because you become so much, I don't know, probably tighter. Mm. That I, I can't really think at the moment of another, um, of another, you know, word that sometimes just letting go a little bit and just find our child inside ourselves again, um, that really would help so many, so many situations, so many conflicts, so many situations, so many. So I am putting forward an application for a Montessori adult refresher. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to take that back to my team because, I, because you know, listening to you, listening to you speak about that, it just does strike me that it has so many applications around you know, good mental well-being, a healthy living, absolutely, a, you know, a way of life that, uh, and I think you know, particularly in this time when when everyone's gone through this sort of global pandemic, we are looking, I think, more as to what is the life that we want for ourselves, and and this is not a bad one to have. Absolutely, absolutely, Leonor, it has been a great pleasure to have you. And uh, well, I know that we have a series with you, so it will be another, um, you know, very, very interesting time together. And uh, well, I am just going now to 
our audience and as always I would say if you have any curiosities if you have any questions if you have any comments at all um, I'm sure that Leonor she will be very very happy to answer any questions that you may have so you will find the podcast on our website flavored.it or you will find it on Spotify and iTunes. I think this is it for today from us. And uh, well, lots of blessings to all of you. Thank you so much, Leonor. Thank you. Really enjoy speaking to you.